What is up, everyone, and welcome to episode 477 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Today's show, author, sports writer, formerly of the Boston Globe, you have probably seen him on ESPN on various shows, Bob Ryan joins in to react to the Celtics losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics outlook, his favorite Larry Bird story, and much more. Just a fantastic conversation with Bob. You can catch Bob on Twitter at Globe Bob Ryan. You can catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Bob Ryan, welcome back to the show, man. How you feeling? How you feeling? I know things aren't so good in Boston right now, but how are you? We're in uh, official mourning. And it's it's general. It remember we we got started with the disappointment in hockey. Now we have a disappointment in basketball. And I mean the worst thing is it's to the same city that is now going to get the reap the benefits that we were supposed to have. So I have to congratulate the good people of South Florida. But uh, you know it, it, it this is not the way it, our script read at all. <laughs> Bizarre series to say the least. What were your biggest takeaways, Bob? Uh, the biggest takeaway, uh, one on each side, one is that the Celtics confirmed the negative judgment that many of us have had that goes back to the finals last year, which is that though they are talented, they lack a certain je ne sais quoi, uh, and it's in it, the here and here uh, that it, that you need to put yourself over the top, uh, clearly is lacking. They put themselves in a terrible position uh, obviously, 03. I honestly thought they would win last night uh, for a couple of reasons. And they came up with a major stink bomb, as we know. And uh, uh, that's number one. Number two, let's let's forget the Celtics for a minute. Let's look at what the Heat have done. Not only have they become the first, the second number eight seed to, to, to get to the finals, they did it, well, back on um, backing into the playoffs and then losing the first game in the play-in and, and resurrecting themselves but they did it. They've done it by beating the Bucks and the Celtics, essentially without Tyler Hero, who played a little bit in the Bucks game, and and mostly without Victor Oladipo. So you know, Tyler Hero is their arguably their second or third, no worse than their third best player, depending on how you view Alibio. And uh, he's one of their three key players. He averages twenty points a game, and and that's a huge loss. And and it, it's I'm sure people have mentioned it in Miami, but people aren't remembering it too much. Uh, I know they gave him a few uh, shots on the sidelines last night, but so I I salute them for that for what they've done. And and Caleb Martin, oh my God, talk about a coming out party! I mean, he out Tatum Tatum and out Brown Brown in the in the most important game of the year. And I got to give him full credit. So uh, they they you can't deny them their achievement. It, they, they have earned this. They, the team I was. Uh, look for justice this is as i interpret it okay in sports and 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 justice should does the team who should win win in this case yes the team deserved to win they deserved to win that series and they got it 
You're not the biggest fan of the three-point line, Bob, and the Celtics have taken an analytic approach this season. Do you feel like that was some of the issue? Sure. Live by it, die by it, uh, of course. And last night, uh, they, they totally died by it. Uh, I love Charles Barkley at halftime. I loved it. And, of course, you know, he just sings sing into the Mormon Takanaka choir with me about the three. You know, it, it, the, it, when you sell your entire soul to it, you know, uh, you, you, you're running a big risk. And, and they basically, that's exactly what they did. But the other part, flip, so, yes, the, the three, uh, they've had nights when they were extraordinary and, 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 and you know, it was the games were laughter. But uh, uh, they, they paid the price for being three dependent last night. Yes, Game 7 specifically, it felt like it all went downhill right from the first play when Jason Tatum sprained his ankle and then nothing went right from there. That's very true. That was a bad omen, and you know, and, and he clearly was impaired. There's no doubt. He guts it out. I love the fact that you have a former player who knows what's going on. Uh, he may not be the greatest broadcaster, but Reggie Miller still has credentials, right? And Reggie Miller said he knows what's going on. He knows how your mind, how you have to fool your mind. He, he was able to speak to it in a way that none of us could ever have done. To, to, he clearly recognized. He knew the symptoms. He knew what, what, when he was hurting. And, and he knew that that was a very impaired uh, Jason Tatum. And, and, and if any of us said it, it would sound like an, in Boston, it would sound like an excuse. I'm glad that you heard it from an independent, reputable source. Okay, fine. One, uh, so that, that they still have enough good players on their roster to overcome that. They've proven that in the regular season time and again. But in this game when they needed, and of course, Brown can, Brown was, when you have more as many turnovers as baskets, uh, and the number we're talking about is eight, uh, that is a disgraceful performance. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any Boston fans are looking at Tatum's ankle as a viable excuse because the first three games, I mean, he was absolutely healthy, right? And they lost three in a row. And the Heat have their own injuries. So I don't think anybody could look at that as that's, a bad excuse. No, no, not when you have, and I, they'd have a deep roster. I, I was kidding all year. They're the deepest team in the league. If it were 11 on 11, they'd win every game. But of course you don't need nine, 10 and 11 as a rule in the, in the playoffs, unless you get severe injury problems. But, but seriously, they had other guys that could have helped them and starting with Brown with no excuse. And, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, Al, maybe, maybe last year, Grand Hill had that great game when he had the 27 point game in the playoffs, seven threes, you know, that was, it, it didn't happen. It could have happened. It didn't happen. But it, I'll tell you what it would have happened for. It happened for Caleb Martin, and 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 who arguably should have been co-MVP on the on the playoffs of uh, the series series along with Jimmy Butler. Butler. From your vantage point, does it feel like Jalen's time in Boston is coming to an end? Well, he's got another year. If they do it, remember, he's got another year. It, it doesn't have to be done next year. In fact, the point is that they're going to give him the big extension that he has earned technically because by being second-team all-league. He's now eligible for uh, the, the max. And they're going to give two guys the max. Uh, I That's a very, very difficult decision. Uh, he he's, His limitations were on display last night. You know, uh, he, he hasn't conquered this turnover thing. We thought hope, maybe he did after last year. That was an incredible regression last night in the most important game for him to play that way and, and, and to handle the ball with such carelessness. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, it's going to be the great, you know, you, Andrew, you know, the great offseason question is going to be, what are they going to do? Are they going to make a move? They're going to blow it up, quote unquote. They're going to make move somebody. Uh, uh, and if so for whom? You tell me. I, I I don't know. You know, you, 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 it, it, it there's going to be a very tense and, and, and uh, debatable and, 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 and debated, I should say, offseason here. Oh, very interesting. That's for sure.
It should be debated because when you have Jalen and Jason, it's proven that you'll be in the mix. Like you'll be in the mix for that championship title. I thought they had every base covered. I mean, you know, the Brogdon gave them an extra thing they didn't have last year. He was a sixth man of the year because he wasn't help- he got hurt. He wasn't available to help them at all. He was in body, but not in, you know, full body. He was there. He was a, a shell of himself, you know, once he hurt that arm. And and he was used. You know that that's an that that's a bigger excuse to me than than you know Tatum that the two together. But anyway, um, yeah, I thought they had every base covered. They had the, a guy in the middle that that does the things that big men now are asked to do, as as, as opposed to you know scoring points. And Robert Williams guards the rim. He guards. He rebounds. He's a good passer. Um, he 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 handles those alley oops wonderfully. Uh, he's good enough. You know, you 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 win a championship when you can easily win a championship if that's your key big man is Robert Williams. So you know, I'm not blaming him for anything. Uh, he was a, he's he's the least culpable of all those guys. So I mean, they did push it to seven. They didn't get swept. Does that change the outlook of the offseason from your perspective? From my perspective, no. Uh, I mean, I mean, I I don't want to do anything. I don't see how you're going to improve by trading anybody. I don't see. You know, I I still hope. I, they're not young. They're, this is the thing that people have to understand. This is a veteran group of guys that uh, of their core group, the, uh, the the big three, so-called smart Brown and Tatum. The the the, the uh, you know the oldest is twenty nine, and Tatum's already twenty five with six years experience. Uh, they're they're in the middle range of their act, act pro career in a sense. Um, I, I they still can, but there's still capacity for growth and to, to get over this hurdle, I, I will say it again. They don't need an infusion of talent. Yeah. Last night would have been nice to make shots, but let's talk about the other side of it. Miami did anything they wanted to do offensively. They got to the hoop with impunity. They they did, you know, uh, as well as shoot the three with, with Martin, particularly and Vincent in the beginning of the game. And of course, Butler, you know, had a very quiet, efficient Jimmy Butler game. He wasn't, fireworks going out over the place, you know, like the 56 point game or anything like that. But he was Jimmy Butler when they needed him. He had some key threes. Um, But, you know, the Celtics didn't defend well at all. Uh, It should start with that. That's what helped them get back in it was that they started playing some good defense to win those other three games. Um, It's going to be, you have to take a deep breath. Now the first, the worst thing anybody can do is anything rash. They are, they ought to go home. And 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 don't go near the garden or or, or a, a a tape machine or a, a screen of any kind for two weeks. The whole organization can go on vacation. Take a deep breath. Don't watch the finals. Go to go to you know Turks and Caicos. Go to the Greek islands. Go wherever you want to go. Take a deep breath. That's what they need right now. Not all this micromanaging that is. I'm sure they're going to happen. And I'm not being facetious here. That is my sincere recommendation. A little digital detox, if you will. Uh, how would you grade Missoula's season as the head coach? Uh, he's under tremendous scrutiny. You know, he comes in, people don't know who he is uh, at all. You know, most people don't truly didn't know him, anything about him. You know, I call, I follow college basketball, so I remember Joe Missoula in West Virginia. Yeah, fine. You know, and I knew he was on this coaching track, and I knew he was sitting on the second row of the, you know, uh, on the coaching hierarchy as the NBA has him, this you know he's on the road two, and Will Hardy was the key guy. And he got the and he wound up getting the Utah job. Um, it, 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 obviously, it, he he coasted with them to go to what were they twenty one and five, I believe they were roughly when they gave him the extension. Uh, he he became famous for an unwillingness to call times out in a conventional way that we all have been taught right. is the way to call them. Uh, he got around to it finally and and late late. 
Um, we have no idea what it's like behind closed doors. All we know is that I, all I know is that when he was named coach, the first person to offer a big, loud public endorsement was Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum loves this guy. And that's good. I, I said, oh, that's nice. Their best player loves him. That's a good start. I'm, I'm you know, I'm just going along with, you know, natural conventional wisdom. Um, I, I, it, people are going to, he's going to be under tremendous scrutiny, you know, I mean, uh, uh, about the, whether or not he's capable of doing this job. My only thing is I'm not going to bail on him simply because I have too much respect and faith in Brad Stevens. He's the guy that picked him. And if he if he honestly thought that this guy was capable, then I'm going to I'm going to just say, OK, I'm going to I'll have what he's having. I'll, I'll I'll go with Brad Stevens. Now, I'm in a minority, I'm sure. And I understand that. And would you have felt that way if they did get swept? Um, I, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that he had anything direct bearing on, you know, I don't it's know. Fair. You know yeah, but it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. You know, about everything was after game three, which was a humiliating game, you know, as well as, you know, on a par with last night. After game three, he takes the fall publicly. I didn't get them ready. And I'm going, wait, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you got these guys with their experience and, and their level of, 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 you know, of NBA expertise that they you need to motivate them to play hard in game four when you're down 0-3? That you need to do anything other than just, you know, make the appropriate substitutions, you know, call a timeout now and then, make a substitution, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, if there's anything, I would say this though. Uh, the more I watched them play, the more mystified I was about the about how they play in terms of. I grew up in an era, uh, and I was weaned on the '70s Celtics. Okay, with with Tom Heinsohn, who was direct descendant of Red Auerbach in terms of he ran the same seven plays that Red ran in 1950. You know, in a sense, with options. You know, and and I knew those plays. And and I understand. And I saw them when they were called, and I knew uh, wh- who was supposed to do what, and I knew what players on the other side would how to, they did or didn't react to them. I don't see play. I don't see it on offense at all. All I see is is, is alternating my turn, your turn, uh, and and firing up threes, and and every once in a while an alley oop to Robert Williams, and and then run if you can. Well, of course, everybody wants to run if they can, and they sh- and you should. But I don't see. You know, and the end of the games, they don't seem to have go-to plays that you really want to go to that don't don't involve isolation, and and uh, um, yeah, you know, I and an art pick and roll, a high pick and roll. Uh, I think they need an offensive tutor, frankly, and that's the other thing. Uh, by the way, we uh, count me among the many who automatically uh, immediately said, okay, they hired Joe Mazzulla, thirty-four, with no coaching experience beyond Fairmont State at the head coach or summer league. You got to go out and get a Yoda got to find a Tex winner. You got to do what Chuck Daly did when he got the Sixer job years ago. He, he got Jack McMahon immediately to, as a, for his right-hand man. They had no right-hand man, you know, and uh, a, a wise old head that, that, could, uh, for, that would be useful in a lot of ways. I think that was a mistake. Larry Bird won three MVPs in a row. Jokic, in my opinion, should have won three MVPs in a row. Do you see any similarities in their game, some of it is obvious, right? The passing, the, the feel for the game, Jokic, the three, the three level scoring. How do you feel? Jokic and and Doncic both have bird elements. They're both and and the only difference between the two of them is one six ten, you know, six seven or whatever he is. Doncic six 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 seven, and he handles the ball more directly, you know, as a rule than than and with than uh, the Don than Jokic has to. But we know he can bring the ball up and do stuff. They both go wherever they want to go at their pace. They both play not – I'm going to use an analogy that some of the younger people will say, what's he talking about? They, he doesn't play at, at, four, at 33, and he doesn't play at 78. He plays at 45, and nobody gets him away from that speed. They both do what they want to do. They go where they want to go without hurry. 
when I, the old uh, John Wooden line, quick, but don't hurry. Be quick, but don't hurry. I'm not even sure they're quick, but they get where they want to go, don't they? And and uh, uh, they understand how to play this game at the, with, with their physical, uh, uh, almost, I'd say, limitations, you know. But they do have great hand-eye coordination and vision and intelligence. Um, I think they're very bird-like, yes, in, in, in a lot of ways. And is there any other players that Jokic reminds you of? Because I feel like positionally Larry Bird and Jokic were a little bit different. Like Jokic is a more a point center. Larry Bird was more a forward. Um, I know I, I've heard Bill Walton. I've heard Sabonis. Who are you thinking well, about? Well, Sabonis would be one because uh, when Sabonis, when, um, the young Sabonis, who we never got to see much of, you know, we burst in, we're interested to him in the, right. in, in the soul game in, in, you know, in, in the Olympics and, and, and we kicked our ass in, in the 88. And, and, uh, uh, but they said he was the he was how he was described. Bill Walton with a three pointer, because Bill Walton obviously you know he was a he was a high post passer and he was a low post scorer. He was not a face up. He had a turnaround jumper that he could use and he had low post moves, but he he wasn't going to go out there from fifteen feet at all or anything like that and shoot the ball. But but Sabonis could do that, and um, so he's the closest thing. Uh, uh, you know this. But to go way back, the great grandfather of all these European guys who can see the floor beautifully at six ten and 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 do things was was uh, Kresmir Chosic, and, okay. and way back when at, at BYU, and he never played in the NBA. But this is the guy they all uh, they're all pups of his, all of them, and in one way or the other. And uh, if, if anybody can dig up old YouTube's, uh, they'll they'll see what I'm talking about about Kasimir Chosich. But this is what it's come to is the fulfillment of what he brought is is uh, Jokic. Do you think there's a pathway where Jokic could get into that you know top five, top ten players of all time? Do you see that in his future if he could win some championships? How old is he? 20, Ooh, 20, 20, no, a little older than that. Twenty six. Yeah, maybe around there. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna to have to make room for some people in this in this discussion. You know, it's it's always going to expand. You know, it has to. You know, history. You're going to get new guys. Um, you know, right now Curry and Durant are making knocking and you know they're 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 in the top ten discussion. They have to be both. One hundred percent. And so 100%. now we got this new crop, Giannis. Don't forget him. You know, Giannis and 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 uh, Joe Luka. Are, are going to Luka. be in this discussion. Yeah. Doncic, we'll see how it, he 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 progresses. Absolutely. And and um, don't bail on Embiid. You know, you said you would have definitely voted for Jokic. I, I would have, I think it was a put a blanket over the three of them, all three of them. And, and they're all they were all worthy. I, I have no problem with anybody. I, I would have voted. I said I voted for. I didn't vote, but I, I were I a voter, I would have voted for Embiid. But that doesn't mean I, that I, I would have had any problem, if, you know, with Jokic or with Giannis. They were they were the clear then draw the line, and and any they all were worthy. I could make the devil's advocate argument for any of those three this year. Have you had a chance to watch Wemby play? No, uh, I know the films out there. I didn't watch him when he was here, you know, at that tournament in, in the in the fall. Uh, I, I'm taking the same attitude towards him. I wrote this that I took 20 years ago with that kid from St. Vincent, St. Mary, and and he was on TV, and I said I'm not watching. I said I don't need this. I said I have seen every great player of the last 40 years. This is what I said 20 years ago, and I'll wait, and I'll find out for myself. Well, guess what? He was for real. Well, I have now seen every great player of the last 60 years. And I will, I will <laughs> seriously, and I will say, I'll wait. I, 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 I'm, I'm anxious to see it. So, but I really haven't uh, studied those clips at all, the way a lot of people have. We talked a lot about Boston. Uh, we got to show Miami some love here. You actually did show Miami some oh, love. Oh, please. But, I, you know, I'm, yeah. 
Give me credit. (laughs) You did. You did. You did. Um, Everybody has been doubting them in each series. It seems like Denver is the heavy favorites here. My prediction is Denver in seven. What do you think about this matchup and what's your prediction? Well, I'm not, I haven't really looked at it in terms of, you know, matchups. I know that we know that the two key players, we know who the key players are, you know, and, and they each are going to do their thing. I don't see any uh, antidote to Jimmy Butler that's going to blanket him or deter him or keep him from doing the things he wants to do. Okay. Uh, I certainly don't see any antidote to Jokic. I mean, and I, and I'm a, I like Bam. He's a good player. He's a real nice player. You know, he does what he does in his way. A lot of it's uh, modern. A lot of it's conventional. He's got good low post stuff. He goes to the basket well with either hand when he wants to, Um, you know, he, and and, and he blocks shots and, and uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a good player, Um, but he's not going to stop Jokic. He's going to, Jokic is going to get, if there's a, He'll get the requisite. He'll average a triple double in the finals, the same as he did in the in the, uh, the last series. Um, so it's about the other guys, and um, they neither team's particularly deep. So it's going to be see. You know, will Martin continue to play this way? Will somebody pop up and and start playing? Will Michael Porter Jr. emerge and have a big series? I, um, it could happen. Um, will Murray continue to play the way he's been playing at this extraordinary level? You know, this is yeah. a this is a, a first team all league kind of level that he's playing. Uh, uh, so I don't know. There's a lot of X factors there. Uh, I, I, I would slightly favor Denver, but after, you know, but you got to, there's something about Miami, you know, this is, and it's not just this year, you know, this is the way they've been, uh, you know, where it starts up there with, 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 the, with Mr. Riley and, and yeah. you know, his faith in Spolstra 15 years ago, which turned out to be, you know, wildly successful for more than even he probably realized and and uh, with, with Spolstra's, uh, you know, is now being acclaimed, you know, with Pop on the, you know, on the downside, seventy x years old, and and that team terrible. Spolstra's the best coach in the league, and and um, you know, everybody's given him that by acclamation. So I'm, I'm, let's bring it on. Yeah, I hope it's seven. I'll go for, I'll go for that. We have Havlicek steals the ball. We have Bird steals for the ball. Um, where does that Derek White tip in? Rank well, all time been, in terms of uh, Celtics plays. Yeah, well, the, the Havlicek stole the ball. Won a playoff series and, and they went on to win. Bird stole the ball and they won the series, but they didn't win. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, they did win the series, and that was a fifth game and saved their. The seventh game was a magnificent game, by the way. One of the great seventh games I've ever seen. Uh, both sides, it was a high, 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 high level. Much better game than that you know, terrible thing last night, artistically. The series wasn't very good to watch, by the way, artistically. It was yeah. a. It was a, it was, it had moments of individual stuff. Butler, of course, had his moments and, and, but really uh, it, 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 it wasn't great basketball. I don't think. Uh, anyway, um, where were we? Oh, oh, uh, the Derek White's thing. I look, I, I tried to research to the best of my knowledge. It's the first one of all them, of, I mean, of, of the game winner that ended it. And that was it. No, no time, literally no time left. When, in 1962, Sam Jones had a jump shot with three seconds to go to beat the uh, seventh game to beat the uh, Warriors, 109-107. But the Warriors had three seconds. They got the ball back. They, they had the ball. They threw up a shot, didn't go in. Um, when Havlicek stole the ball, excuse me, when Havlicek stole the ball, that was it. But that was not a basket. That was a defensive great play. You know, that ended the game. When Bird stole the ball from Isaiah Thomas and fed the, by the way, part A was steal the ball. Part B is that Dennis Johnson doesn't make a great cut and finish Diary standing like a flamingo, you know, well, on one leg falling out of bounds with nothing to do, you know. So, and, and um, there was still a second left. They had the ball back. They did get a throw, a throw in and a, in, a, in a, you know, something. So um, this one, though, you know, we all know what happened. 
first of all, the other team thought they won. All the fans thought that they won, you know, and have to, I talked to people, I have talked to at least three people now here at home that turned it off immediately when smart, the ball spun out and didn't know that Celtics had won until later. <laughs> yeah. So, let me ask you when, so when you first saw it, did you think it was good? Because I didn't, I, I thought that, um, it wasn't clear at all that the angle was too far away. I didn't right. really realize. I didn't realize until much later that it, it was that close to going in, that it spun out. I just saw it come off and, 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 you know, you really couldn't see, you know, you had to go on the, on the call and, it couldn't, he, and have Kevin Harlan wisely hauled off. I know Stan Van Gundy thought it was late and he said it, you know, and, 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 and but Harlan didn't commit himself. And and uh, and and that which was a very wise thing, and and so he didn't have to undo the damage, if you will. I I didn't know. I know I've seen it again. Boy, you know he was it was his hand barely gets a tip, and he said he now he this is asking a lot. He claims he tipped it rather than palm it because he knew that the time difference would be. Uh, that's Einstein thinking. I don't know about that, but uh, anyway. Uh, it, it, it's going to go down and he'll, he, he won't have to buy in Boston. He'll be on that Dave Roberts level. He'll, he won't have to buy it. He'll, he'll be, he'll be fine for the rest of his life in Boston. What do you remember about birds left-handed game? That it's been exaggerated that uh, it, it, he had 21 field goals, no more than nine, maybe a 10. 11, it, was, it wasn't even a 50, 50 split. I looked it up. Uh, I wasn't there uh, for that one. I wasn't on the beat in the, at that point in time. Uh, but I do remember watching it and uh, um, it, it's gotten people. Have, some people have the believe a myth that he shot the whole game left-handed. I'll tell you one thing he did do once. And, and I was um, against, I've seen him he, when he was really, really feeling good about things. Uh, he, he would take left-hand jump shots just, just for fun when they were up, you know, uh, he, bank shots. I, I, I that he would do. But uh, that was just necessity, you know, uh, inside stuff mostly, and, and and he had all this stuff. But that's what I remember. But it, it was it was phenomenal. It was wonderful. I think he had forty six total. I think it was. But uh, but don't believe anybody that tells you he shot the whole game left handed, or or that he he, didn't, he probably had nine or maybe ten, and which would be fifty half the half of them. That's true. What's your favorite Larry story? Uh, I, yes, people ask it. Uh, it it well, my personal favorite that just had to do with just me and him. Uh, was we're not, we're in Chicago uh, and, and before the game way early, you know, and he's shooting and I'm there. And I, I, I said, okay, five bucks says you can't make a left-hand three-pointer. And, and so he walks into the corner naturally. That's the second one swish. So I take the five and I, I give him the five and he takes it and he puts it inside his sock. And I, to this day, I want to believe that he played that whole game with that $5 bill inside of Sacco. That would be a very Larry thing to do. <laughs> okay. Last thing before we get out of here, Bob. Three books that you give the most or three books that you would recommend to me. Because I'm an avid reader, Bob. So I'd like to know. And I want you to go nonfiction on me. Well, the best fiction that I have read personally for me, my most enjoyable fiction of the last... 30 years was Lonesome Dove, Larry McMurtry. That okay. book, I, I just was totally blown away by that book. So I'll start with that. I just got through reading a book, a, a nonfiction book called okay. Dangerous Rhythms. Now I have to preface, I'm a big music fan. My music taste extends from the great American songbook to 50s rock and roll, uh, jazz, um, Broadway, you know, etc. This book is about the full story 
of the mob control of venues and music in the 20th century. And it is so much more extensive than most people realize that you, you couldn't have a career in jazz or, or popular singing in the 20s, 30s and 40s uh, that didn't involve direct contact with the mob. They owned all the venues and, and, and they they let you know, uh, you know, and, and the stories are phenomenal. And, and uh, if you like that, if you if you're from that era and I was, I, I couldn't put that. But I wish that book had 7000 pages. And, you know, I would have I, I just couldn't believe how good this book was. Uh, that's number two. Um, uh, so uh, and as I'm trying to think uh, also along the ways of, of, of the entertainment world. Uh, Richard Rogers daughter, Mary, uh, wrote, has written a autobiography called Shy, which is a, a play. She's anything but it's it's it's, it's a tell all tale uh, a lot of behind the scenes stories and she's a take no prisoners person and writer. It's a fun story. Sports. Um, you know, the, there's so many things. Uh, the, the classic baseball one that, you know, you, you have to start with is boys of summer, Roger Kahn and, and uh, then uh, go with that. And, and I'll leave my own books out of it. <laughs> no, you, everybody got to read drive. Everybody has to read that. Well, I thank you. I, I, I had uh, scribe, you know, was something I was, I didn't even, I would, I, my agent, Andrew Blauner is the one who pushed me, recommended that I, you know, to me that uh, I wasn't really sure, you know, it was kind of pompous and pretentious to think people care about, about your life and all, but, but um, I, I had no, but it was, it was something I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I did. You know what the best part of that, that for me was the best part about writing this autobiography book was that my father died when I was 11 and everything about the sports DNA is implanted. It's all about him. He was my whole life was about was from the time I have no memories that don't involve. I would say being at a game, going to a game or getting ready to go to a game. That's what we did, period. And that was baseball, basketball, football, uh, college, minor league baseball, major league baseball, the whole gamut. He was always involved in sports in some way. Um, and he was a very prominent person in my hometown, Trenton, New Jersey. But I, I this gave me a chance to research him and write about him. In a way, and I never been able to do that. And it was it was very cathartic for me. And that that, that was my favorite part of the book. How many books have you authored now? 14 and, uh, and including co-authorships. You know, I did three as told twos with with uh, John Havlicek was my first one. Uh, Bob Cousy, we, we, I collaborated. He's collaborated with many people. I was one of them on a book. And of course, The Bird uh, Drive, uh, Larry Bird's first book. Jackie McMullen's done. I was kidding. Her. She's written twice as many books with Bird as I have. She's done two. I, I, I did one. But I got the first one. And uh, <laughs> um, the current one, so funny you ask. It's called In Scoring Position with Bill wow. Chuck. And this book is a compilation. It's not a compilation. It's it, it explores the 1,400 games I have kept score from the opening day of the 1977 baseball season to 2021, through 20, 2021, and which, if I were updating it, would include uh, a week ago, will, uh, will include next Sunday when I go to the ballpark with my daughter. Uh, I score every game I go to, literally. And and I and that's home away. That's vacation. That's I never leave house the house of going on a trip without my scorebook because you never know when a baseball game is going to break out. And what it is is at the top of each page, uh, uh, not each page, but the top of a chapter is the representation of the scorebook page in question. And then I write what's it all about? Why? What's in there? What, what's the deal? And then Bill, who is a historian and a researcher, he writes. He fleshes it out with even more stuff that I didn't even realize was in there or, or, or fleshes out stuff about the people involved and, and or he has historical references and he's got the, uh, it's uh, it was his idea for me to do this book. And 
And so uh, that's the, that's the deal. And there's 140 games in this book. Well, we're doing a sequel. I'm in the midst of where wow. um, we're, we're doing a sequel. There were so many good things that we didn't get in here. And uh, the publisher, Triumph Books in Chicago, uh, is, is uh, happy uh, to uh, uh, you know, produce a sequel for us. So um, that'll be out next year. But uh, this came out in May of 2022. It's called uh, In Scoring Position. Everybody, go get it. Go get it. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time. It's always great talking with you. Let's do it again soon, Bob. Hey, I'll be, you know, you know how to find me, as they say. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Bob. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. There it was. Another episode of Combos Court is in the books. Big shouts to Bob for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. And share this episode with a friend. Share it on Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on Twitter. You can catch me on Twitter at Combos Court. Same name as the podcast, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. Take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your IG stories. Catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. And be on the lookout for episode 478. Combo out.